Hello and welcome to the Soulful of It podcast. We're your hosts, Carrie Raquel and Uni Cardenas, and this is the June 2021 Transits and Tarot episode on the Soulful of It podcast. If you enjoy this episode, please remember to go give us a five-star rating on iTunes, subscribe, and share it out with your networks. Okay, let's jump into it. Let's go. Hello, Uni. Welcome back. I am so happy to be back. It's been a very long and beautiful, transformative three months. Yeah, it's been since your solar return, essentially back in February since you've been on the podcast. Basically, but I've still been hanging out, making videos, doing my thing. Yes, definitely have a breadcrumb trail of goodies for you guys to check out still over on Uni's Instagram page. But I'm curious, what has the last couple of months been like for you? How's Gemini season going for you? Let's fill in our listeners a little bit about what you've been up to. Mm, Been beyond words in so many ways. It's almost like I've tapped into the root system of everything that I've neglected to look at. I feel like Mexico gave me this beautiful opportunity to really examine where were the spaces and the places within my conditioning where I was holding on to a lot of the patterning that was instilled on me from well just being American firstly and having grown up in a society that really doesn't value our diversity. Yeah, or celebrate your roots or encourage you to go and connect with that. I feel like that's not the norm in our society, sadly. No, and I think that it's really nice that we've had movements like the Black Lives Matter that has really put all of this onto the forefront. Now we're getting the opportunity to really look at it and have some reverence around where we came from, where our family came from, where our culture has colored our view of the world. And I think it's just been very beautiful. And in the process, I discovered a new lineage and tradition of witchcraft that I'm working within that is succinct with my personal worldviews. And it just feels very aligned and harmonious with me. And at the same time, it's honoring my ancestral heritage. That is so beautiful. And I'm super glad that you're back selfishly. And I know our listeners are too. I know they really missed you. I got a lot of comments about that. And at the same time, I'm so, so glad that you got to have that time to go and tend to your roots and be with your people and be on the land of origin of where you did come from and get to reconnect with that. I think that's so beautiful and not enough people prioritize doing that because of how it's still very new wave to be like yes go connect to your roots i mean like the dna kits that are out there now you know (laughs) and i got i did mine and it was like you have a hundred percent chance of getting a sunburn this summer like that's pretty much what it said Mm. you're as european as they come Mm, mm, mm. (laughs) send me back to to uh, the uk which i guess (laughs) is where i came from and and poland or whatever but i also got some curiosity about my roots because of how i've seen you grow through acknowledging and learning more about your roots. So lovely to share that with our listeners. And if they're Mm. listening, maybe they want to do that for themselves at some point, get curious, build out that family tree. It's true. And there's beautiful power to be found in just uh, having this devotional practice around your ancestors. If you really think about it, you are the most current incarnation of them and you are in a sense, the future ancestor. So hold yourself through that. That's really, really powerful and beautiful. 
Yeah, it doesn't have to be Dia de los Muertos for you to be celebrating and connecting with your ancestry. Yeah, every day. Look at yourself in the mirror and just admire everyone that you've been in order to be who you are today. Mm, really good words of wisdom right at the top of the episode. We're starting out strong. Yeah, let's go. I want to wish a happy Father's Day to all of our fathers all across the world. That's going to be this month, actually on summer solstice. And we also have birthdays. Yep, we have some beautiful Gemini birthdays and some Cancerian folk as well. We'd like to wish a happy birthday to Dennis, Lori, Rebecca, or should I say Rebecca and Lizzie. And Oliver, who is a puppy who's turning one years old. <laughs> Oliver. Oliver. That's Katie's dog, actually. So shout out to Katie, who was on the last two episodes of the podcast. Love her. Miss her Gemini energy. I love her, too. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And then happy birthday to our listeners who are our June Geminis and Cancers. We love you guys. This is your season, especially with the eclipse portal being open and active right now in this moment. But I'm getting ahead of myself already. I also want to give a shout out to fellow astrology podcasters at It's Just a Transit, who Uni and I collaborated with for World Tarot Day last month. You can listen to our episode together anywhere that you listen to podcasts and tune into It's Just a Transit. They also have a Patreon where you can access the full video interview collaboration if you want to see all the weird faces that Uni and I make pretty much the entire time. <laughs> yeah, you should definitely check them out. Josh, Amanda, and Jenny are quality human beings and really funny not to mention, we take a deep dive into some of the most off-putting cards in the Minor Arcana. And the video bloopers are solid gold, in my opinion. So you should hop on over and check it out. And we really look forward to whatever future collaborations we have going on. Yes, definitely more to come. So stay tuned for future announcements. Another announcement is I want to give a shout out to Fee at Earthwolfie for a wonderful collaboration that she and I did together for Eclipse Season. Thank you so much also to those who are listening that participated in the portal. I absolutely loved reading your charts. And for our listeners who may be wondering, you know, when can I get a reading with Carrie? I'm not currently taking on any new astrology clients. But if you want to know when I do have availability again, or want to hear about current transits in real time, or just anything about the behind the scenes of the podcast, you can follow me on Instagram at soulfulofit, spelt the same as the podcast name. And then Uni also is still doing videos for the tarot to support the podcast. And he's been posting a ton of really awesome educational information on the cards as well. Where can people connect with you, Uni? Uh, you could connect with me at Aquarian underscore Sage or at my personal account at Uni. That's Y-U-N-I-I 666. And granted, that 666 is because I am a beast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and as for readings, I'm actually going to be stepping aside from that for a little bit. And I will do it case by case because right now I'm trying to focus on some other side projects that are more educational based like this podcast yeah exactly or the videos or spanish things <laughs> so many good things and last but certainly not least we wanted to give a shout out to katie mother of oliver <laughs> that got the birthday <laughs> shout out 
and say thank you so much, Katie, for being a phenomenal guest on the April and May Transits and Tarot episodes. We absolutely adore you. For our listeners who are wanting to connect with Katie or reach out to her, you can follow her on Instagram at curious underscore Katie cat Katie with a K. I feel like everybody spells Katie with a K. I don't know why I said that. Um, and, <laughs> and that's probably because cat is with a K. I think that's where I was going with that. Thank you so much, Katie, because if it wasn't for you on the podcast, I wouldn't have anybody to fill my spot and secondly, to make me laugh so much. I was literally sitting at the dinner table and like I thought I was in the living room with you and Carrie. So good. So good. <laughs> I love it. So with all of that said, I know that was a lot of announcements, but we have a lot to celebrate. And Mercury just stationed retrograde at the end of May and will be retrograde for most of the month. And then in the shadow period, Saturn and Pluto have both been retrograde. And at month's end, Jupiter and Neptune are both going to be stationing retrograde as well. And we have lots of inner work because of all the retrogrades. This is also eclipse season, so changes are on the horizon, asking us to make space for the discomfort of change, and if we can, to lean into and embrace it. This is especially intense for folks with mutable sign placements. I'm talking about you Geminis, Sagittarians like myself, if that's your sun, moon, or rising, and also our other mutable signs, Pisces and Virgo. This is a really intense time for y'all. So basically, we're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not quite unless you want to be, in which case consent is very important. Yeah, get that mutable energy. I also want to mention that eclipses themselves do occur on a specific day. So like back in May, we had the Sagittarius lunar eclipse on the 26th, and this month we'll have the Gemini solar eclipse on the 10th. But they have more than a singular day's worth of effect. The length of an eclipse in minutes for solar or in hours for lunar is believed to impact the length of its lasting effects upon us here on Earth. So I'm talking weeks and I'm talking months. Pretty much all summer long, we're going to be unraveling the lessons of eclipse season. So it's really helpful to keep in mind that the unexpected changes, gifts or challenges don't necessarily materialize on the exact day of the eclipse. So this month, we're going to continue integrating that eclipse season energy, and it's time to move forward with the wisdom that we gained from traveling through the eclipse portal. And Uni, I definitely think the cards that you pulled illustrate the movement of this eclipse season energy really well. Would you like to introduce the cards? Yes, of course. And uh, yeah, there is a lot of movement in all of these cards in some way or another. And The first card that I pulled was the Three of Cups. And the Three of Cups, traditionally, you see it, it's got three people that are raising their cup and they are coming into union with one another. And I like to think about this as the fragmented aspects of ourselves that we don't necessarily take the time to honor. And how do we celebrate those pieces? And this eclipse energy is really giving us an opportunity to bring that to the surface, to allow ourselves to have space, to look at that. And right below it on the subconscious, we have the nine of cups. Traditionally for the nine of cups, you see this man sitting in front of nine cups. In my deck, one of the cups is very different than all the rest. And 
It's a reminder to keep a cup for yourself when you're also serving your other guests. And it brings us back to the original energy of the ace, which is the unity that we find in that communion that you're making with those three other people in the three of cups. So it's like another potent reminder of how if you choose to share the wealth, you need to make sure that you are sharing some of that with yourself. And the places that we need to be directing our attention right now is showing up for us with the knight of wands and the knight of wands has a knight on top of a horse and he is going he's going places there's a lot of forward movement in this card and whenever i encounter any knights i like to think about them as how are we directing our thoughts in the pursuit of that situation or that matter and i think with this in place it's also looking at what we're being asked to shift our energy away from and for that we have the six of swords and the six of swords has what appears to be a woman and a child in a boat being steered across a body of water and they have these swords with them for me i think this is saying that we need to be conscious of where we're bringing into the new situations because sure we could be making new progress moving forward but if we're carrying the same mindset or the same habits or just bringing this energy with us through that portal we have potential of creating more strife for ourselves moving forward and that is where we see the emperor coming in as our soulful guidance and he is really there to ask us to embody and materialize what it is to be the best version of ourselves in any given moment or situation wow that was a wonderful overview of all the cards it's funny because before you had told me what cards you had pulled i had said i totally expect to see the emperor because as i was overlooking all of the transits i got a very strong emperor vibe and so i was really excited to see that he came out to play Definitely not surprised by the cards that depict a lot of movement with the Knight of Wands and the Six of Swords, kind of acknowledging that that movement also includes a little bit of grief. And that can come up in a big way with eclipse season because folks are heightened, like emotions are really intense. I mean, we look back to the year 2020 and we had six different eclipses. Actually, somebody else said seven, and I swear to God, I counted six. But anyways, mm. we had like the max amount of eclipses that you can have in a single year, which is like intense change mm. nonstop. And I think that we're looking back on that a lot right now. And with the three of cups, I love how connected your interpretation of that is to ancestry and how relevant that is with seeing yourself in your physical body or your emotional body like really bringing together the pieces of you. And then that nine of cups. I just love that card. Whenever I get that card, I'm like, yeah, I fucking earned it. Mm, mm, mm. I built this. <laughs> yeah, I love the nine of cups too because it's also, it has this element that in that holding space for yourself as you are also creating it for others, there is little nuggets of wisdom that become available to you, which is almost like a deepening of that cup. And you mentioned this about the emperor. When I had gone home after I had already pulled these cards and sat with them, I realized that I had also pulled it in my own pool right before I had left to go meet up with you guys. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is so aligned. It's like aligned and alive, baby. Let's fucking flow. Yes. Let's integrate these cards into the transits for June starting out. 
in this Gemini season. So keep that in mind. On Wednesday, June 2nd, we've got Venus entering Cancer. And the very next day, it's going to form a trine to Jupiter, who is in Pisces now, giving it a bit of a boost. So Venus in Cancer is a transit that really welcomes a deepening of our connection to our physical and our emotional bodies. A lot of us have actually really been out of our bodies, I think, in the last year, because it's easy to do that when survival mode is turned on. The manifestation of healing the collective trauma from the health crisis, the mental health crisis, and the reclamation of personal identity is very physical. Surely we've all felt the shifts in our bodies as what I'm calling the great unlearning has ignited. There is no going back. There is only forward movement. Venus in Cancer wants to help us reconnect to ourselves and our bodies as we continue to weather the storms that eclipse season brings. Uni, what do you think of this transit? Venus in Cancer. This transit has a watery undertone to it. When I think of Cancer, I think of the crab moving about the ocean floor, perfectly adapted to its environment and making intelligent use of its spatial awareness. I feel that Venus is going to be placing particular emphasis on how it is that we value our ability to prioritize ourselves especially in regards to the relationship that we have with the core of our being as you pointed out earlier the physical body is going to be the main focus with this given the sensory nature of venus our body houses the subtle energetic layers that permeate the field around us and directly affects our worldly experience it's important to tend to each aspect of the self over time, this soothes our energetic anatomy, which in turn coats us with an added layer of org protection, ensuring that we don't take on unwanted residuals from our daily interactions. If you value your body, you'll honor the body. This releases pent-up energy that clears the mind and offers the soul a channel through which to express itself. Cancer can help us purify the space within our hearts so that we can align ourselves only with that which has our best interests in mind and the interests of the community as well this has three of cups energy all over it it's got community communion and action and a synthesis through relationship synthesis is the word definitely are you synthesizing with your body are you synthesizing with your emotions i had emotional reaction last month about a really big decision that I was going to be making. And big decisions are eclipse energy big time. Mm. And I felt in my body the physical grief and like alarms going off saying, no, 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 no. That is not the decision that you should make. If you make that decision, you're going against your gut. You're going against your intuition. You're going against your soul's path. And I followed that that message that came from my physical body and it was interesting because I feel like I have been so out of my body just like so many of us have been during all of this pandemic bullshit mm -hmm. that to have that come up and have that strong emotion take over my body where I felt physical anger I felt grief I felt so many things all at once and I realized wow, I really haven't been letting myself feel mm. all of these things to this extent. And as much as it was uncomfortable to feel it, I was so thankful that my body was trying to give me the message that I needed so desperately to receive 
so that I can make the informed decision that was going to be the best for me in my future. And I did make that decision Mm. and it was the right decision. And it felt really, really good to know that I was aligned because my body was telling me I was aligned and Venus and cancer is definitely that type of transit where we're leaning into that intuition and allowing ourselves to feel in the physical body what is really good and right for us. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I feel that the cancer energy is so intuitive as it is and because it, it's extending out to be inclusive of the home space and your body is the home for your soul. So obviously you're going to tend to that. Yes. I had a very similar experience just being in Mexico, having the land speak to me where I'm just staring at the ocean, crying, crying without reason, but with total reason and reverence around it. Mm, I was recently recommending this song to someone, but there's literally a song called Crying for No Reason (laughs) by Katie B. She's phenomenal, really good singer. And that's a great song for crying for no reason. And I just love crying for no reason. And what what says cancer more than crying? (laughs) (laughs) Our Cancerians are like, shut the fuck up. I'm going to get back in my crab now. (laughs) Even though I I would sit, on the stone and cry and there would be little crabs around me and i i just saw them as a symbol of the heart Mm, definitely following venus entering cancer we have the gemini solar eclipse this is a north node eclipse this is the power surge it is a chef's kiss that we really get to enjoy mid-month to start to shake things up And reignite our desire to expand and truly begin not only learning and unlearning, but integrating the lessons that have been requiring our attention since June of last year when the Sagittarius Gemini eclipse cycle began. We're not quite past the finish line with these eclipses yet, though, even though this does close the portal that opened on the 26th of May, because... We won't officially graduate from this eclipse cycle until the end of the year on December 3rd when we're going to have our final total solar eclipse in Sagittarius, which will initiate the shift into the Taurus-Scorpio eclipse cycle. I guess it actually technically begins at the end of November because that's the Taurus eclipse, but it will begin fully by the end of the year. Wow, that's a total eclipse of the heart. Absolutely. (laughs) So that's a lot of information and I am getting a little bit ahead of myself with that. But let's talk about some of the main aspects that are influencing our solar eclipse in Gemini. Saturn is in a trine to the solar eclipse and this aspect is providing supportive energy to welcome the great new beginnings that are here and really hold a vision for the future, keeping in mind the wisdom of being flexible, which the mutable energy of this eclipse cycle requires of us. The clash of outer planets Uranus and Saturn in a square, which is not quite exact yet, is teaching us that time is the ultimate measure of change. The reality of life is that things will change whether we like it or not, and all that we can control are the daily choices we make and the efforts that we put in to develop the potential that lives within each of us. If we didn't willingly make a release two weeks ago when the eclipse portal opened, With the lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, then this Gemini solar eclipse may not feel as good as it should. 
An abundance of anything, no matter how good, can become a burden when we haven't created space in our lives for it. The universe wants to give us what we want, but it's up to us to ready ourselves, our mental states, our physical beings, and our environments to receive it. How do you think this connects to the cards, Uni? Mm. Uh, It connects to the Six of Swords, the Knight of Wands, and the Three of Cups. This transit has a serious current of severity to it, or maybe I'm just biased because of how intentional my work has been since my return, and I can't help but look at this portal as this wormhole into another phase of existence. This has movement, and it wants to take us away from our ignorant self-induced limitations by offering us a way forward. Even if there is a volatile element to it, I feel this creates ample turbulence, rocking the boat enough to startle us back into checking in with ourselves before going full steam ahead. This is where we actively choose how we want to define the path in front of us. We're being offered an alchemy of mind that can accelerate our healing process while simultaneously giving us respite from this eclipse energy. The Three of Cups is about reverence and remembrance of the passive mystery that speaks through our subtle states, whereas the Six of Swords teaches us that our physicality reflects the value we place on non-physical. So where can we redistribute the soul capita for where our thoughts go, our energy flows? And if we wish to recruit the universal energies to support our cause, we must walk with a light step and an open heart. That is the lesson of the Knight of Wands. I call them horsemen or horse people. (laughs) We love the horse people. And the Knight of Wands is such a great ally for the Gemini solar eclipse because things are really starting to move forward for us. And especially if you did make some sort of release or let something go back on that lunar eclipse. And like I said before, if you didn't, it might not feel as easeful and another aspect i wanted to mention that i realized i didn't is that neptune in pisces is also in a square at 23 degrees to our solar eclipse and our solar eclipse is also conjunct mercury and mercury is really potent for this eclipse because it is in gemini and gemini is ruled by mercury Mm. so neptune's influence on this eclipse can be a bit of a confusion For us. And so having that clarity on, like, I am worthy of the movement. I am here to make some shit happen. And I'm going to continue to work on my craft, whatever it is, that Knight of Wands energy to have that communion with the Three of Cups that is within you and to continue to make space for that. It's going to be really helpful as an ally with Neptune's influence upon the solar eclipse, and Mercury. And again, with Mercury, we're in the retrograde period. So there is some confusion that is going to be around anyways in our communications. And Neptune having an influence on that isn't necessarily helpful. It's frankly not (laughs) helpful at all. So for us to be very clear in our communications and very clear in our convictions, where are we going and why? And if we don't know where and we don't know why, Sit the fuck down and wait it out. Have that communion with yourself, with your spirit guides, with your higher self, whatever it is that you believe in, and make space for the answer to come to you because the Gemini solar eclipse wants to give you a gift. 
that is what solar eclipses do. They, yeah, they okay, they're catastrophic. They can change all this other shit around you and it can be really intense and emotional and volatile. All of those things are true. And I strongly believe that at the end of an eclipse portal, there is a gift. You just have to be looking for it. You have to be open and ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes gifts could appear like the worst thing, but then in hindsight, you realize that it was exactly what you needed. And sometimes when we are too afraid to be the initiators or the drivers of that change, well, the universe is going to come in there and clear that space for you. And I think that's beautiful. Six of Swords energy as well, because you can't go faster than that boat is taking you and you're still moving through the turbulence of that water. So how can you lighten up your load enough to have a little bit of that mental clarity? That reminds me of a quote that I saw recently that said, in hindsight, I am grateful I didn't always get what I thought I wanted. Mm-mm-mm. And you think you want a lot of things when you have that Mercury retrograde and that Neptunian energy. Yep. Illusions for days. Illusions for days. So some things to be aware of with this eclipse. And I said it last time and I'll say it again. Don't charge your crystals. Don't charge your water. It's volatile energy. Work with your crystals. Drink water. That's good for you. Don't charge it under an eclipse because that's volatile energy. I've also heard astrologers talking about not manifesting during an eclipse. I partially agree with that because I do still think that it's such strong energy that you can manifest things. It just might not be the day to do the ritual of manifestation because really what's going to come to you is going to come from outside of you and reflect what's within you. So you're manifesting all the fucking time anyways. That's true. I mean, if you're a chaos magician, then I mean, go ahead and use that volatile energy. Ooh, chaos magician. Mm-hmm. I love that title. Yeah, well. Is that you? <laughs> you would. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a chaos magician? I mean, you can be. Okay, I'm down. I think down. you probably are, actually. I think I'm better off just, let's call it what it is. I'm a hurricane. Yeah, chaos. <laughs> <laughs> which, entropy. Well, yeah, entropy, which is just what? Like the change, the difficulty at the beginning. Mm. Just like birth. Yep. Or like any new endeavor. That's right. Very full energy. Mm -hmm. So following our Gemini solar eclipse on Friday, the 11th, we have Mars entering Leo. This is fixed yang energy movement fueled by a steadfast intuition. You deserve to take up space and you can move mountains. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. One shadow of this transit is buying into the belief that Quote, if you want it done right, you've got to do it yourself, which can be countered by the wisdom of another really popular saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. So which is it? Do you want to ride through this transit with speed or would you rather slow down and enjoy your company? This totally is emperor energy, and I feel that we have an opportunity to really rise to the occasion with this transit, especially if you look at the intersection between the emperor, the knight of wands, and the nine of cups. As a trinity, they encapsulate presence. There is power in presence, because will alone does not command respect. Respect is a two-way street, and it requires a degree of loyalty combined with service to be maintained. 
Self-assuredness comes from the trust that we have in ourselves, and this is reflected by the relationship we have to others. To be fully present with someone is to be fully immersed within their experience. It is being of service, and by virtue this commands respect which feeds loyalty and fortifies relationships. The truth is that we can do it alone, but that is a disservice to ourselves and it robs us of the joy that is available to us when we offer others a place to shine within that space. That is so good. And Knight of Wands, I mean, if you think about that card, this bitch is not riding in on a fucking cloud. That's a horse. <laughs> like he needed some help to get there, right? It may not be what you expect when you're like, oh, I need help. I need another person. Maybe the person that you need is a horse or a car or a recommendation from somebody. Maybe it's not their actual physical presence, right? And Mars in Leo is a confident transit for movement. Like you're not making moves with your energy that you're second guessing. You're going in for it and you're believing in yourself along the way, which really is that emperor energy that you're talking about. And the emperor is one of those cards that when people get it, a lot of people don't know how to work with it because it's kind of off-putting. This like this old white man and we're living in this world that is transforming so quickly. And to that, I'd say get a new deck because the emperor depicted in different decks is really fucking dope. It, it really is. And going back to that Knight of Wands being on the horse, you could think of the horse as well as its Chinese zodiac and it's generous, it's independent, it's extravagant, outspoken. It is industrious, enterprising, and has passion to it. And I think those are all qualities that are very much needed in order for you to passionately go after a goal. And any true emperor who is enlightened and present enough to be with himself knows that he has to honor his people, protect his people, to be the kind figurehead that he is in order to manifest his vision. He needs the people around him. Yes, true power comes from the people. Yeah. Not just from some old dude sitting on a pretty epic looking chair. It is pretty epic. I mean, does it? he have a hat on? He does. It's a <laughs> crown and it's got little squares. And you know, squares are representative of the physical world. He also has, in my deck, it's like a world in his hand. And it's just to show you he's got the whole world. In his hand, got the whole <laughs> wide. Please don't strike us with copyright. Um, <laughs> for that song of all things. Of God all help things. us. Oh my goodness. So, so potent. Love this transit. Mars and Leo. It's going to be fiery and it's going to be with us for over a month. So sink in, find your horse, ride it till you can't ride no mo. Find your horse. As the philosopher Little Nas once said. Goodbye horses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So after Mars enters Leo on Monday, the 14th, we have the day of the exact Saturn square Uranus. I mentioned this when I was talking about the eclipse because it's definitely potent in the eclipse. But I also want to talk about it separately on its own because this is an aspect that is occurring three times throughout the entire year. We had the first Saturn square Uranus 
back in February on the 17th, just before Uni's birthday, mm-hmm. like right as you were leaving town. Yeah. No wonder your traveling was kind of challenging. Also, uh, Mercury was retrograde then, Uh huh. which I it recall. is now. <laughs> so we're getting some flashbacks here, aren't we? Yeah. A little PTSD. No big deal. It's okay. And then this time, of course, Saturn square Uranus on the, the 14th of June. And then we'll have the third square is going to happen on Christmas Eve in December. So something to look forward to. Because <laughs> uh, it's so happy and fun. Right. Just add another layer. That's right. So that second square that we have right now is really building upon the first that happened back in February. This is the conflict between the way we've always done it, which is Saturn, and the innovation of evolution demanding to be seen, which is Uranus, reaching its second peak just after the eclipse portal has closed. It's time now to begin embodying this square energy in a positive way. (laughs) So if you choose to run from it, you're likely not going to be happy with the lessons that are unearthed by the third and final square come the end of the year. So what house do you have Taurus in? What house do you have Aquarius in? These are the arenas of focus for you on a personal level because we have Uranus and Taurus and we have Saturn and Aquarius. And these are the places that perhaps don't see eye to eye but could benefit from considering each other's point of view. The shift required for us all through these squares is to create a sustainable shift in our values. We're going to leverage that Uranus and Taurus energy that we can build upon over time taking notes from Saturn to awaken new intellectual awareness. All this Aquarian energy, this Aquarian era is here to stay. The easiest way to identify what shift it is that you need to make personally is to ask yourself, what am I resisting? Often the answer to that question will inform you of the evolution that's being offered to you currently in this square, in this aspect, and beyond. Mm, That just makes me think of what you resist will persist. Ooh, I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I just know, but I mean, yes, but no. Uh, Well, that's why we're here (laughs) to look at that, right? Definitely. I like that transit. It's the desolation of self in a tangible way. So I can't help but look at this transit as Saturn being the literal ruler of the firmament, a.k.a. the physical world, with Aquarius being the bridge between the physical experience, uh, that is the Taurian energy, and the non-physical, which is at its core everything that is the unseen library of information that makes up the whole of creation. This is absolutely an initiation into something potentially expansive. If we think of Saturn as the primordial god of time, it was him and his consort, the serpent goddess, Ananke, that set the universe into motion. The serpent is connected to the senses, sensual, primordial, sexual in nature. Sex, birth, and death are the most potent and powerful transformative experiences that we can have on the earth and a literal initiation into and out of the liminal. Time is the only element outside of entropy because it is a driver of the wheel of entropy. Time, we find, is also represented by the molting of the snake's skin, the tactile erosion that frees us from the chains of the past, allowing us to supersede our condition. It's essentially a renaissance. Six of Swords meets the Emperor is what I'm seeing in this energy. Wow. I love everything that you just said. And 
it also brought to light for me how this is a clash of the Aquarian intellect and the physical body and us being able to tap into the physical body. The Uranus and Taurus is trying to teach us like, hey, can you physically feel that we're killing the planet? Mm. Can you feel it? Because I can feel it. And Aquarius is saying, yeah, but we can create things. We can invent things. Technology, the internet. We can smart our way out of this. Some things can't be smarted out. Yeah, and the body has to hold that at the end of the day. Yeah. Love, love, love the potency of the discipline <laughs> that's coming through with these squares. And I feel like that's a big theme of it mm. is... Are you being disciplined? And that's what I'm talking about with like, by the time we get to the end of the year, by the time we get to the third and final square, will you have done the work? And if you haven't, it's the same thing with the eclipses. If you didn't make the release, then the suffering is going to be more intense. That's really that six of swords, you carrying those across the water. Yeah, and what we were saying earlier about being aware of what pieces of the past you're carrying forward with you is so important with these big transits and especially the Saturn Uranus square that is repeating is like, all right, we're going on our second voyage here. Do you still need six fucking swords? There's only three of you in the boat. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Do you really need these? He's even got a stick. That stick, he could use that in battle. And those sticks are actually wands. And what are wands if not our magic me and always calling them like this the suit of sticks <laughs> you're like it's a suit of wands sticks are cool <laughs> sticks yes sticks and stones may break my bones but wands will forever hold me <laughs> creating I things was all the literally time. thinking that and you said it <laughs> well not the last part but everything up until well the last part was a creation of my own kind what can i say <laughs> <laughs> i love us so following this epic clash of two of our big ass planets all the way out there, Saturn and Uranus. Titans. Titans, really. Yes, mm -hmm. I agree with that. Shout out to anybody watching Attack on Titan. Woo. I actually really love that anime. Bloody, gory, so good. It's on Hulu. I feel like Kronos is a Titan. I mean, isn't he? A primordial god. Kronos. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> from there, on the 20th, it's a pretty epic day because not only is the sun moving into cancer, initiating cancer season, it's also the summer solstice and it's the day that Jupiter is stationing retrograde. And as I mentioned earlier in the episode, it's also Father's Day. Cancer season is really kicking off with a boom as it usually does because of the solstice and our annual reinvigoration of soul purpose is here because of this being the longest day of the year. The awakening of summer in the Northern Hemisphere is heightened by Jupiter, still in Pisces, as it joins Saturn and Pluto in a retrograde motion. For us here on planet Earth, the slowing down of the gas giant in the sky is a multi-month period, lasting until October, that involves self-reflection upon where we source our faith and what we're doing to continually inspire our expansion. I really feel like this is Hierophant energy when we're dealing with this Jupiter retrograde, really integrating that medicine even more. Mm, yeah. I love all of these retrogrades, honestly. 
Yeah. And cancer season is really ripe for deepening our psychic awareness and abilities. This is the perfect time for exploring our dream worlds through dream work. Katie mentioned the use of the mugwort herb to recall dreams on our last episode. And I recommend exploring that with a dream journal by your bedside. Track the moon cycles, reflect on your feelings, and also engage with your core desired feelings. Our recent podcast guest, Jana, on episode 45, suggested that we actively invoke an elevated emotion each day. So what emotion do you most desire to experience? What state of being feels most soul-filling for you? Jana's yoga and astro nidras are another great way to travel through cancer season, especially with Jupiter and Pisces. And if you listen to that episode and you're interested in that, there is a special code available at the very end of the episode. So definitely tune into that if you want to explore some of her offerings. That was a really great episode and she was fantastic. Mm, I love all of that. And I think this is also a perfect opportunity at this time to even lean on some of these tarot allies, invoke them, call them into your space, call them into your life so that you can leverage some of that energy to help you move through any sticky situations or just to give you a little bit of extra added spiritual support because this cancer energy really does want you to connect to the deeper aspects of life. Beautifully said and so true. Our tarot cards are always great allies and playing with your own deck and finding a card that really speaks to you on a personal level is really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. You could put it out on your altar and just have it somewhere in line of sight so that you remember that all of these archetypes exist within you. So bring them up to the surface when you need them. Yeah. Integrate the Gemini season lesson that we are all mirrors mm. as you move into cancer season. Yes. And celebrate the solstice. Do you have any solstice plans, Uni? Yes. <laughs> I guess it's more like, do we have any solstice plans? I'm actually going to Texas to visit a, fr- a friend of mine. We're going to Texas. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just like invite myself. God damn it. I'm not going to Texas. Actually, Texas doesn't have enough trees for me. I was there once. I liked it. But like, where are the trees? Uh, I mean, I'm going to be in ceremony the day before. So, yes. <laughs> oh, but they have cactus instead. Uh, so I actually roll that back because I was really impressed by the cactus. I think Texas has every uh, type of like terrain mm. is what I've been told. I don't know. Don't quote me. <laughs> <laughs> Our Texan listeners are like, mm-hmm, yeah, sure. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Send us a note. <laughs> <laughs> So following our big initiation into cancer season and Jupiter going retrograde and the summer solstice, on Tuesday the 22nd, we have Mercury stationing direct, still in Gemini, but the shadow period is still going to last until the first week of July. Mercury direct is the opening of a can jar. In this case, it's a can that's containing clarity an effective communication without brain fog getting in the way that for so many of us has felt stuck for the last few weeks. Now that we've had a processing period of the information we've been chewing on, we're ready to begin sharing our ideas and adjusting our communicative sales once again. Very Six of Swords energy here as the shadow period that follows Mercury's retrograde in and of itself is a short journey, perhaps by water, 
represented by an air card, <laughs> the sword suit. And this is also a time of faded collaborations because of the post-eclipse season energy and the manifestations that can come after the eclipses, while Jupiter is also still retrograde in Pisces and Mercury is now direct. So this is a time to continue or initiate new collaborative projects, which I have to say cancer season doesn't get enough credit for as being our cardinal water sign. Because a crab definitely knows how to guide a trip out to sea and trust their intuition and their emotional body to guide them along the way. Yeah, and you also always see them with more crabs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when do you ever have a crab that's completely alone? Only on my plate. Only when they're, oh my God. <laughs> I didn't hear that at first. <laughs> Only when they're in their shell. True that. So come out of your shells, guys. Come out to play. Mm -hmm. Sebastian from The Little Mermaid was a crab and he was always in the midst of everything. Yeah, that's very true. He was like Triton's advisor. So that's saying something because Triton is Neptune. Mm, yeah. And you got to get you an Ariel too. Am I right? I mean, you're the Ariel. No, I'm not. Shout out to our friend Ariel from Gold Casio. <laughs> yeah. She's the Ariel. She really is. So. Yeah, the Ariel of our lives. Mm -hmm. So after Mercury stations direct, we've got this forward movement energy. We do have the Capricorn super full moon. This is the first heightened peak post eclipse season and in the Mercury retrograde shadow period. Jupiter is retrograde at this time, as I mentioned earlier, in Pisces, and it's going to be forming a trine to the sun, which is leveraging our luck by following our intuition, really tapping into the Cancer season wisdom here. Venus, who is still in Cancer, is opposing Pluto in Capricorn at this time. This is tethering the power of our desires. This is trying to remind us that we are magnetic. We also have a fixed sign T-square, which is an aspect pattern between Uranus and Taurus and Mars and Leo, as well as Saturn and Aquarius. This is us confronting patterns of self-sabotage. Evolution requires sacrifice, but short-term sacrifice that saves time and energy in the long run is what we're going for. Visualization is only one ingredient in the manifestation recipe. We must also take action to acquire our desires and action to balance the inaction that stems from fear of change that can keep us stagnant. Uranus requires that we remedy the past, Saturn, with our actions, Mars. Venus in Cancer is also in a trine to Neptune in Pisces. This is a supportive aspect for daydreaming and crystallizing the vision that we are holding and then also integrating the T-square between our fixed signs that I just talked about. Last aspect I want to mention is that Saturn is in a trine to Mercury, who is now direct, as well as the North Node in Gemini. Saturn supports our journey of self-inquiry as we prepare to make the informed choice to evolve. Building upon the great unlearning theme of June and the current eclipse cycle that is actively unfolding all around us. Mm, this is all like quantum leaps into really our own evolution. And the emperor 
dares us to dream for he is the vision made manifest taking the alchemized energy of our desires and giving form to them through the practical and purposeful application of will the knight of wands adds the pizzazz that we need to catalyze the chemical reaction that's taking place within us in order to fully embody our new evolution valor is the key word i associate with this transmutation Mm, yes yes definitely and i also feel like we could tie in nine of cups here because capricorn when they achieve something and they've put in their hard work and they're really hard working sign oh yeah i know that they know that they did a damn good job you know and a capricorn is usually not afraid to own that they did a good job and to validate themselves or ask for validation Mm. directly and I think that we can really lean on that wisdom alongside the emperor's wisdom for this Capricorn full moon. And it is a super full moon because the moon's going to be even closer to the planet. So it's going to be stronger energy, especially mm. for our Capricorns. And I love my Capricorns. Yes, we do. We love our Capricorns. So good. All caps. All caps. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> we love them in all caps. Mm. That's a new thing. Our second to last transit that we're going to talk about is Neptune starting its retrograde period in Pisces. This is on Friday, June 25th. And Neptune is going retrograde annually. So this is going to last several months all the way out until the end of the year. And this retrograde is really about inspiring a more intuitive exploration and connection to spirit as well as the higher self. But it can also be a challenge to see through those Neptunian illusions with Neptune, who is the dissolver, and Jupiter, who is the enlarger, both present in Pisces together. Somebody I've talked about before on this podcast and I will forever talk about because she's iconic is author Byron Katie. She has this book called Loving What Is, and that would be a really great book for folks to explore during Neptune's retrograde and asking ourselves one of the four questions that she works with, which is, is it true? And removing any bias, allowing our bodies, leaning into that Venus and Cancer and that Cancer season energy to respond before our minds try to make it a mental process. Neptune and Pisces is about the connection to oneness, to self, other, and ultimately spirit. Very three of cups. Being sober is really helpful as well during Neptune's annual retrograde because when we aren't sober, whether you're drinking coffee, smoking weed, autopiloting by binge scrolling through social media or watching TV or battling some other micro or macro addiction to escapism, Clarity is the key to higher self-enlightenment. Yes, keep taking your prescribed medications and your vitamins, but also question what things you've come to rely upon that may be preventing you from connecting to your psychic awareness. If you want to develop your ability to hear spirit, for example, also known as developing your clairaudience, then maybe try going for a walk without your headphones in. You have to practice active listening in order to hear what so many don't. Those who don't listen, don't hear. Mm, I love that. That made me think of the Nine of Cups just because the Nine of Cups also can be read as you distracting yourself through addiction 
It can be choosing to ignore your spiritual lessons to enjoy the finer things in life, at least on the material plane is what the association is. But also, I'd like to tie it into the Three of Cups as we integrate and unite the fragmented pieces of ourselves. We can take this further by remembering the connection to Neptune that has us looking into the dreamscapes, which are the subconscious aspects of ourselves that play out in the unconscious. It is a root system that tethers us to reality through the ancient bloodlines of humanity. We are the dreamers collectively dreaming up the world around us, and the Three of Cups calls us back into the void, the churning pool of potentiality that wants to make our dreams come true. But all dreams require our active participation. The Nine of Cups invites us to dream big, and the Knight of Wands gives us the backbone to go after it. Remember that the source of all spirituality comes from the waters of consciousness that flow freely from the spheres of creation. Don't cloud your vision or block the flow. You are the vessel through which divinity is expressed. Feel into how worthy you are and feel it pour into you because ultimately, if you're wishing to develop any sort of practical relationship with energies that are outside and within you, you have to know your worth. You have to feel worthy enough to receive these energies. Otherwise, they won't come flowing into you. So really feel your divinity because you are divine, my friend. Yes, you are. You are so divine. You fine. are fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love the word divine. Growing up, there was a girl in my like high school and stuff, and her last name was Divine. And I was always like, that's the coolest last name. It really is. Mine's like 11 letters and way too long. <laughs> I don't even use it anymore. It's Raquel now. Divine trine three of cups. Time. Mm. <laughs> Rhyme. I love us. <laughs> <laughs> she chimes. That's right. She chimes in two times. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So last transit that we want to chat about this month is on Saturday the 26th. We have Venus entering Leo. This is just under a month-long transit because Venus moves pretty quickly. And so we did have Venus in Cancer at the beginning of the month and now already into Leo, moving us past the chapter of heightened sensitivity and towards a rekindling of our creative awareness lighting the fire of passion in our relationships as well as our finances. Shadows of this transit are heated passion that bubbles over and impulsivity. If you don't need something but you want it, try asking yourself why you want it before jumping to shutting yourself down because you don't technically need it. Identifying the roots of our desires helps us to find alternative solutions and work through scarcity blockages. And it also frees our hands to be able to embrace new, perhaps healthier, desires that align with our long-term goals and dreams. Uh, this transit made me think of, do you remember these commercials? They were on at like, I don't know, it's always up really late, so like midnight or one in the morning as a teenager. And I feel like they went on for years and I don't even remember what the company was, but the catchphrase was, it's my money and I want it now. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, was it a car insurance company? I Yeah, probably. And it's just like that they want their money. Yeah. You know what? I think it was like lawyers. Mm. I don't know. Anyways, 
that commercial, I was thinking of that when I was really meditating on Venus and Leo's because it's like, it is my money and I want it now. So patience is a really good ally for Venus and Leo because like you can be really, really clear on what you want, but it's like the quote that I read earlier, like we can also be grateful that we didn't get what we thought we wanted because what we actually need might look completely different. And then if you do get what you want, it may not fill the the shoes of what you truly do need. Yeah. And I think part of that also, because if it's not really fulfilling your life purpose, then how is it supposed to like fill that void within you? And at the end of the day, I think we're all trying to be of service. So the resolution of the polarities are here to purify the desire. And you want to look across at Aquarius for that advice. So if you can shift your vision to include the whole, then you are in service of humanity. And that way you're clearing the karmic ties and really allowing yourself to be open to receive a deeper kind of fulfillment through your desires when you're looking at it from that lens. Because I think most of the time you can be caught up in very superficial ways of looking at the world that are really just focused around your circle. And if we blow it out a little bit just to see how it is that we could align our desires with that of the one, the source, like the heart of humanity, in other words, then that I feel opens us up to really more receiving. Yeah, it's one for me, one for you. (laughs) Yeah, or all of them for you and I'll have whatever's left at the end. If you're a cook, I mean, that's how I look at it. That's true. You do feed us a lot. Mm -hmm. And you're a damn good cook, too. (laughs) I just love to feed these people. Oh, my gosh. And you're really good at it. My little animals. (laughs) And I mean, we quite literally eat that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So with all of that said, that was the last transit that we have for you guys for the month of June. We wish you a wonderful month integrating the eclipse season wisdom and deepening your connection to source. We've got a lot of retrogrades now. We're in retrograde season for like the next several months. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with other people. Extend grace. Know that there is wisdom in not making a permanent decision based on a temporary feeling And we're also going to be in our fields a lot because it is cancer season. So we're going to pick up where we left off in the next episode. We're going to see you guys in July. It'll be here in no time. Yeah. And just be kind to yourself as you are really revisiting all of these themes because it's been a long and crazy year and we have a lot more shedding and growing to do. And all of this really requires us to not forget the original root system that lays there if you need to call on your ancestors for some extra support do it because they've been through it they can relate to your human experiences and unlike other energies that don't have physical forms nobody knows you better than you yourself your ancient self so tap into that well of wisdom well said happy summer solstice and we're gonna catch you guys on the next one until then choose Bye. That was fun. <laughs> really? <laughs> it did. We killed it.